Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corker Foundation for Mental Health. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of other people who do as well. We've learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame about their experiences makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hello, Terry. In the more than four years that we've been doing this podcast, we've looked at depression and suicide from a lot of different perspectives. We've profiled suicide attempt survivors, suicide loss survivors, crisis line counselors, and people who say that they've been saved by calling them, teenagers who went from hopeless and suicidal to now planning college, marriage, and families, in several episodes on how to both ask for help when you're in crisis and offer help when someone you know or encounter is. But last week's episode took us to a new place where we had to acknowledge the tragic truth that you can know someone has struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts, and you can do all the things you've been told to do and get all the help that's available and still end up losing that person to depression's despair. And we have to acknowledge that because there are families and individuals across the world living that truth, suffering that unique grief that carries possible guilt and shame in addition to the pain of sudden loss. Last week, the mother of an 18-year-old who died by suicide just a few months before we talked with her in 2018 shared some of her story in hopes of helping other families. Today, we continue our discussion with Patty whose faith allowed her to believe that her family's devastating loss is part of a bigger plan, serving a greater good. Here now is Patty Kajawa giving her voice to depression. October 27th, 2018 started out like many Saturdays had. Patty and her husband had some things to talk over with one of their sons, and they'd scheduled a family meeting for that morning. And so... He came in and he sat in between us, which I, that was not unusual. And we had a really great conversation about a whole bunch of things. Their hour-long talk included some practical parenting issues, as well as some pre-college philosophical thoughts. Right outside my house, we have these grasses. And, and I said, you know, we are a lot like these grasses. And I'm going to go to God again, and, and God is the wind, and he comes through us, and he bends us to the point where we're nearly breaking, and then we come back up again, and and I said, you know, sometimes, and sometimes, you know, these grasses kind of help each other, because there's some grasses that are sort of bolstering the other ones to come on back up, and and I said, you know, sometimes, Jack, you put on these windbreakers where you don't allow the wind to come through you, and you don't allow us to support you, 
And, and, and that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, we only have like six more months of, of doing this for you before it's time for you to go. That's the timetable they thought they were working with. There was absolutely no indication this would be their last conversation. I mean, that's kind of what the conversation was about. There was absolutely no yelling. I mean, we're, we were, we've been past that point for a long time. And then I said, listen, I got <laughs> to get my day started. And I turned and I kissed him and I told him I loved him. And then I got up. Prior to doing that, he just put his head on my shoulder. And I think he was just resigned to being done. I think that that was his way of saying goodbye to me. I really do. Just two days later, Jack's high school held a memorial mass. Seeing his shocked friends weeping, Patty says she felt compelled to say something. And I honestly don't remember exactly what I said because it really was such a surreal moment. But I just wanted these boys to know that that they are loved. And, and they may not feel loved every single day, but there are people in this world who care about them. And that, again, there is a reason that they're here on Earth. And if you don't know what that purpose is, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to keep on pursuing that, what am I here for, question. And sometimes that requires a little bit of help. And so it's okay to go and get that help that you need. And emotions are hard. They are really hard. I really don't think it's something that you should be embarrassed about. It's just something you have. And, and sometimes you just need help. And, and I asked the boys to, to honor Jack by getting the help because that's what he would want. He only wanted people to be happy. So, um, that's, that's kind of, what I'd like folks to know is that I acknowledge that emotions are very difficult to manage, and, and, and oftentimes we can't do it by ourselves. We do need help, and we do need to tell people the truth. And, and the more you're able to open up and tell people the truth, the more they're going to be able to help you. Patty's message was heard, received, and spread to other teens at other schools. At Jack's visitation later that week, I can't even tell you how many kids came up to me, whispered in my ear, I'm going to honor Jack. I'm going to, I'm, and we made some bracelets with the suicide prevention hotline number, and we just wrote honor Jack on it. And they, and kids were like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. At the football game on Friday after the funeral, a woman came up to me and she's like, we're having conversations at the dinner table that we would have never have had before. Um, last night, a friend of mine said that she's getting help for her daughter and the same thing. We would not be doing this if, if Jack didn't show us the way. It is simultaneously heartwarming and heartbreaking to note that Jack had a gift for showing the way. It's one of those dual truths we talked about last week. He knew what needed support looked and sounded like. And he was unable to provide access, or allow enough of it for himself. Case in point, an Instagram exchange with a young woman his mother found after his suicide. She was asking about what she should do to help her friend, 
she, and Jack said, I'm not going to tell you what you have to do, but what I would do is reach out and make him know that he's not alone and there, that there are people like you who care about him. Ask him if he's comfortable talking things through with you and tell him to trust the process and God has a plan. And he says, that really helps me. Yet many of Jack's own struggles and fluctuations seemed relegated to the pages of his private diary from which his mother now reads. I found this out after he died, yeah. Um, January 16th of last year, I feel really good about life right now, but at the same time, I have these dark thoughts that run by every once in a while. And just a few months later, after a retreat with classmates... April 14th, he said, I used to think I was alone, but now I'm not alone. I have my brothers. Next week... The following week, I can't tell the difference between today and yesterday. I keep trying to find new events to look forward to, whether it's a prom or the Avengers movie or whatever. I just got to keep focusing on the next thing to make me smile. And then when I'm about to break down, remember it and smile some more, even if it's fake. I'm supposed to take off the mask, but what if I don't like the face underneath? You know, it's, I, you know, it's a scary thing to have this disease. Knowing that symptoms, struggles, and truths can be intentionally or unintentionally hidden by masks, isolation, or other methods makes it even more important to tune in and respond to those warnings that do sneak out. It's an all-hands-on-deck kind of thing. Kids often share with each other things they don't say to adults, so a friend might be the first to notice negative changes in behavior or moods. And a few questions or a report, even anonymously, to a school guidance counselor or parent could literally save a life. As one teen said to us, I'd way rather lose my friend for speaking up than lose my friend because I didn't. This is an epidemic that teenagers should not be dealing with. It really is is something they should not have to deal with. And, and I feel horribly about that. But at the same time, when somebody tells you that they think about doing bad things to themselves from time to time, that's, that's, that's a red flag. When someone's behavior is out of line or I'm not sure why I'm here, you know, you know, just like Jack said here, I can't tell the difference between today and yesterday. If somebody is in that kind of a fog, um, it's worth asking some questions to that person. Patty is taking her story and that message directly to students and their parents. Giving Voice to Depression joined her just last weekend for two sessions at a public high school. She's hurting, of course, and also determined to find some purpose in her loss. And, you know, in this world, so many times there's so many things that don't work out for you, but help other people. And I think that's, that's what was supposed to happen. And I, it's horrible. It's sad. I miss him. But it's not my plan. It's God's plan. And I have to have faith, and I have to believe that this is serving the greater good. Oh, Patty, thank you so much for sharing the complexity and heartbreak in your heart with all of us. 
We want to say, she mentioned the 800 number, the lifeline in the U.S. that you can call. Uh, it is 800-273-TALK or 800-273-8255. And we often recommend putting that in your phone because you never know if you're going to need to talk to someone or if, like she said, somebody's going to seem a little off and you're going to want to reach out to them, but maybe you don't have the confidence to know what to say or, or you're fearful of saying the wrong thing. And so you can call that number and say, hey, I'm here with a friend. So again, that's 800-273-TALK. And if you prefer texting, it's 741-741. And thank you, Patty, for sharing your story. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.